0: Everyone, we wanted to take a quick moment to thank all the listeners, the viewers, and of course the patrons out there. The team here at Vector Sigma hopes that we can bring a little levity and a distraction from the weight of the real world. Time is always precious, but that has become even more obvious now. We want to say that we really do appreciate everyone out there that's spending their time with us. And, uh, so Scott, I see you're on you're on mute trying to talk to us. But <laughs> what was it that you wanted? To, <laughs> did you want to shift gears to something? You are actually on mute. Okay. Well, I yeah, know. I mean, I know I was on mute
1: then. I, oh, okay. Because I,
0: I yeah, okay. you had said something before, and I wasn't sure if it was just a reaction to what we were saying. It's like, yeah, sure, yeah, and yeah, like nodding your head, or if you were actually trying yeah. to say something. No, no, no. Good. Okay. Um, I know you had a, a list of of stuff that you wanted to bring up, Scott, because we were. Um,
2: we're getting to, it looks like, a little over an hour. So if you have a hard stop, Chris, let us know. I don't, I don't have a hard stop. I should, I should say, that, I say this every time I'm on someone else's podcast. I love hosting my podcast because I'm not having to deal with me as a speaker. Because <laughs> uh, when I'm not a host, oh, I just start going on and on and on. And suddenly an hour's passed after, on minute 10, I was like, I'm not going to talk about the TCG all that much. And then... yeah. but it, we we wove
0: in and out of a number of different things obviously we had the tcg yeah. it's perfectly fine uh, i but i know scott had a few different things that we wanted to pick your brain as another content creator as another transformers fan and i think we For touched sure. on a lot of them actually in the course of discussing the tcg and and joking about dan never seeing any of the g1 stuff and other things but was there anything specifically you wanted to, to hit on scott that we didn't talk about yet I mean, I just, I just want to know the
1: background of like where, why Transformers, how this came about with like being such a big part of the community, like how the internet community grew up around it, like to, all that kind of stuff. Oh, to, to give
0: you a little background, Chris, the, when Scott and I were and the and Dan and everybody else on the team were talking about, we wanted to do some other non TCG related stuff. Obviously, we went into so okay, well, let's just talk Transformers. And Scott and I try and get it in on Tech Talk and other shows when we can, but clearly mm. TCG-focused for the most part. And I said, well, I've been listening to these guys for over 10 years. Um, why, don't, why don't we get them on? Uh, he knows a lot more about Transformers than I do, and Scott and I are always, we're always joking about various questions, so
2: here oh, you yeah, are. <laughs> I mean, the, the, the nature of the Transformers fandom, I, I wasn't active in it until 1999. So you know, like five years ago. Uh, and uh, or
0: five thousand, depending on which the way we look at it.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess we're talking about time dilation of the last three months. Let me tell you exactly. <laughs> yeah, uh, the, the, like the the way the fandom started, as I understand it, a lot of the online fandom it was originally built out of a Usenet group. So you can actually go research a lot of the old fandom. You can watch them all have fights from 1997 if you want oh, to. God. Um, oh go God, go back to alt alt toys transformers. That's where a lot of the fandom, as I know it, kind of grew from. Mm. Um, that's that's yeah. where, for instance, the, the writers of Beast Wars went to start posting. As of Season 2, they were interacting with fans somewhat secretly on Alt-Toys Transformers. Um, and then the writers of Beast Machines, after Season 1, interacted with fans, not necessarily on Usenet, but they interacted somewhere, which is where it was revealed that specifically writers who didn't see Beast Wars were brought in for Beast Machines Season 1 to try to refresh the tone, and that those writers got like a little annoyed and, and insisted that they watch beast wars before working on season two um but yeah the, the fandom started on, on usenet it uh, in the late 90s through the the, the aughts uh became a series uh, so there i'll say obviously there are also lots of smaller things i'm not talking about social media groups facebook groups, oh, yeah. groups. <laughs> but the larger fandom as i know it went from usenet into becoming a series of large news sites with their own message boards uh, and then from there has spread to social media, to the point where I feel that the message boards exist almost more so for the older users. Um, yeah, they feel and seem kind of vestigial in some cases, to be honest. Yeah, yeah they, they serve a purpose. I think I think they they serve a, a positive purpose in that they are another venue for people to to go and interact. Uh, one, one of the unique strengths of the Transformers fandom is that we've had multiple what you could call major on-points, where a lot of other fandoms uh, he Man is a great example. No matter what He Man does, eventually it's all about original He Man because that's mm-hmm. the biggest thing it did. That's its major on point. Right. Uh, all you can almost say the same thing about GI Joe to a degree. Uh, Transformers had um, G1 as a major on point, and, and I, I'm I'm only saying major on point in that there are enough people at this on point that you could I could almost say they are their own fandom. We had we had G1, uh, the 7 live action movie brought in a a Titanic number of people naturally, uh, right? Who who uh, like um, on TFW two thousand five? The board membership skyrocketed due to that movie, um, and and oh, that that was also in two thousand seven when a lot of people who were like oh Transformers then had an entire trilogy of anime dubs and all of Beast Wars and Beast Machines. Fairly recently, you know, in the last decade, to go back and start looking at yep, um, so it was it was G one, it was the uh, 07 live action movie. Um, Transformers Prime brought in a ton of people as well of hmm. uh, of a younger generation for whom they were fans of that show first, and then Transformers afterwards. Hmm. Um, and the IDW Comics Phase 2 of the first IDW Continuity. Um, everything that, you know, classically more than meets the eye, but that whole era after Death of Optimus Prime uh, brought in another huge number of people. Those are four major on points already. I feel one could argue Rescue Bots is if not already an on point will become an on point because it was a four i think year running uh, four or five years running children's show that started off aimed at three to four-year-olds Um right. so someone's childhood uh and and transformers also uniquely has never stopped there has never been a year that there has not been transformers product being uh at least marketed somewhere There was one year where it wasn't in North America or Japan, but that year it was in Europe. So, uh, our fandom is so, or our, our, you know, our franchise, uh, is so perpetual that, uh, there, there, it is, it is, when you try to look at it as an entire fandom, you'll more so have to look at it as a collective of fandoms, uh, where they're all fans of a thing that has Transformers in the name, um. And even the TCG, you could be called a, a smaller on point, given how many you know people one can name that being more than zero. Mm. Uh, yeah, the game is the thing they got into, and afterwards they were like, "Oh, I kind I should catch up on the rest of this Transformers stuff." Right. Uh, it's just one of the, I think, unintentional at a certain point strengths of Transformers. It's its, it's fandoms plural are bigger than the franchise itself. Yes. Uh, there, there are multiple of them. And th- one of the other upsides, it means that we have no fandom elders. There's no one who can say, listen, I'm Optimus. I am the I Apex. <laughs> yeah, I, listen, it's me, John Optimus, talking now. You all better <laughs> listen. Whereas some other fandoms that are more... Uh, not, not the right word. I can't think of a better word. I, my word is limited in scope. That's not correct, but I, I can't think of a better word. You can have a fandom elder kind of wield clout over most anybody. In okay. a degree, like a social cloud, where it's not necessarily they can tell you what to think, but if they are saying, "Hey, I don't like what you're thinking," a lot of people will get behind them, and it can be used to to gatekeep, to bully, etc. Okay. Um, in Transformers, we have gatekeepers, we have bullies. We got, I mean, I'm, a friend of mine literally found on Facebook a dude who took a picture of a third party Unicron toy, and behind it was literally a swastika flag because he had a bunch of Nazi dolls chilling out on a bookshelf. And it's like, well, you can't have inadvertently had that in the background. That's a really loud, huge thing. Yeah, that so makes me got, angry just thinking about it. <laughs> we, we got we got everything good and bad in Transformers. The thing about Transformers that... And, and I often go on about how much I think our fandom is one of the best because of its diversity and multiple on points. And I mm-hmm. always have to make sure I catch myself and acknowledge, like, oh no, we also got, we got toxicity. We got people who are problems. We got people who are of awful course. to deal with. But the way I think of it is that we as a fandom are uniquely able to, um, again, not the right word. I just can't think of a better one. You can dismiss, you can wall off a toxic entity in this fandom more successfully, I think than in a lot of other fandoms.
0: Yeah. The smaller ones, by virtue of attempting to do that, you could end up becoming a pariah because you, okay, well there's only six other people. And if those six people suck, what are you going to do? It's to your point that The fandom is large enough that it's like, well, that guy sucks. All right, the hell with him. I'm going over here. And there there will be more welcoming people
2: in that opportunity. Yeah. The the thing I always remind myself to say is, is like, you got to, when I say that, it's got to be acknowledged that like, just wall the guy off and walk away. That's not an option for a lot of people. Correct. Uh, Correct. for for various reasons be it just the way that one is in a social situation one's ties to an existing community before they found out that someone in it was was very much uh an opposite polarity to themselves yes. um but yeah uh, the transformers fandom if you if you're if you're kind of fresh to the idea of it there is so much richness and goodness in it um and when you find the the kind of crummier parts it's so easy to go like ah I'm going to put that in a bag and put that in the drawer and just keep going on and look at all this other fresh and new interesting stuff. Um, right. If you're just getting into Transformers uh, as a franchise, I, I always hate the word franchise because to- I have a thing about like it's a corporate word, right? It's like we're yeah, talking it is. about it as though it, like, its profitability affects us whatsoever <laughs> uh, outside of making new things for us to buy. But it's 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 so massive that if you got into it like with the TCG primarily and and of course you you probably got like memories of old toys you still like stuff from from G1 or it's been a, it's been some time but it's it's on your mind there's so much you can dig into even in the course of a year whenever a new transformer series comes out and someone's like oh i just don't like the way this looks or a new toy line comes out they're like oh this one's just not doing it for me it's like that's kind of a blessing my man cuz that's one less <laughs> thing to think about and guess exactly. what exactly oh, there's probably five years of things you still haven't even looked at yet that you could go back and start looking at. Mm -hmm. So you you can, you can stay engaged with capital T transformers, even if you're not paying attention to what's coming out now. Exactly. Um, And I mean, with the TCG, it's, it's, it's just one entity of it to a degree. It's, it's, and, like there's folks, there are folks who just collect the TCG for the character cards, for the artwork, and for the merch, the character merch right, right. aspect of it. Like folks who were really freaked out that Tidal Wave was presented to them as a, a limited promo. And they're like, is it going to be hard to get Tidal Wave? And then telling people like, no, 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 he's he's the one. If you have a store that's WPN, yeah, don't probably, don't stress about that guy. <laughs> they're going to be so happy if you walk in saying he got that Tidal Wave promo. They, yep. they probably got a few in a drawer. Like I good. would imagine so.
0: Yeah, it, it, um, it, I think you're absolutely right on on a lot of that stuff. Well, all of that stuff, <laughs> realistically. Um, I forgot where I was or how I was going to segue this back also, to Scott, to be perfectly honest. But yeah,
1: I was going to hand I, it to him
2: for the other stuff. Scott, I don't know if I actually answered your question or not. I kind of went on a deal. No, no,
1: mean, I mean, right. well, how did, how did you get started with it, I
2: guess? Anyway. Oh, yeah. I. <laughs> Is it part of the question? I guess. Now that I've established the nature of what fandom is, <laughs> yeah, uh, so, so. in the beginning there was no. Go ahead. <laughs> when two molecules, yes, yeah. <laughs> who liked each other very much. Um, so I, I, I'm in a somewhat unique position in that. Like I was born in '84, mm-hmm. and my mom thought Transformers looked really cool and wanted an excuse to see what they were. So so my first toys were transforming robot toys. Like, my first three toys <laughs> nice. were Rek'Gar, Ratchet, and Leader One. Nice. Uh, and so they've kind of just always been there. I actually don't know... I have no memory of a time without Transformers. Hmm. Um, because they were there in my infancy. Uh, with the actual fandom, like, obviously, as a kid, I liked them. And then... Get growing into teenagerdom. I was one of those kids who was like, "It's still okay that I like toys, right?" Yeah, <laughs> right. So, still all right. I and mean, I wouldn't tell people I'm into toys all that much. And I think for about a year, I was like, "Maybe I'm kind of done with Transformers," whilst I was quietly watching Power Rangers on TV. And <laughs> right. uh, I got the same thing. These are real life actors. This, yeah, is yeah, this, yeah, 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 yeah. this is mature. I'm twelve. This is mature. <laughs> Yeah, in uh, in the animated series, uh, this, is,
1: this is more mature for me. Yeah, I'm, I'm obviously.
2: obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, but when it comes to actual fandom, it was um, in, in 1999, uh, I was starting to poke around an online fandom some more. And 1999 is when I found TFW, when it was just a small message board and a bunch of remixes of, uh, like, remix MP3s. Uh, it might have been RMs at the time, I can't remember. But the big thing yeah. TFW had was that uh, the guy who still runs it to this day was getting he was getting real media th- postage size resolution rips of car robots episodes as they were airing. Uh, that was the ser- the anime series in the year 2000.
1: Mm-hmm. And,
2: uh, it was the first Transformers series uh, for several years that had fully vehicular characters. So a lot of people were, were really hyped about it, and he was posting them right up on his website for download um and these were time this was i mean this also when real media was still the thing dot rm files are like <laughs> a lot of people are like those zoomers don't know what phones are and i'm like no the actual one i like to do is like wh- like laugh dot rm right and if someone has no idea what i'm talking about yeah and like, no, then it's the just right. crickets <laughs> i'm just turning to dust it's fine <laughs> uh but uh yeah i i, I kind of hung around on that side a whole lot starting at, at basically age 14 uh okay and then I went to my and in, in in high school on a band trip where our, our band would, would do trips to uh, to Disneyland to um, play as a visiting Canadian high school band, mm-hmm. um, and one of those trips was in the it was in two thousand or two thousand one. Whenever Beast Machines had the Beast Wars Neo Dinosaurs as a quote unquote Dinobots team uh, to fill out the line, uh, i bought one of them while I was on that trip, and that's when I kind of this is a terrible verb for it. I can't think of a better one. <laughs> I kind of publicly outed myself to friends as a transformers and toy fan because it's weird we threw nowadays, off the shackles of it <laughs> nowadays, it's a lot more normal. It's one of my quietly f- mm. favorite things about about where um pop culture went is that being a toy collector is no longer super weird. Uh, whereas when when I was in high school, it was obscenely weird. Mm. Um, that's when I kind of outed to my friends like no, i'm I'm in a transformers. And then I went to my first botcon um in two thousand. Uh, at age 16, and uh, basically had gone to every BotCon since through till 2013 or 2014. Um, so I getting into the fandom was kind of like, I had the toys forever, and, and they, they were always there. I got into the fandom in very formative years of high school, um, mm. when the internet was also a lot more small. So everyone you interact with, it it was on a lot. Not that now it isn't, but back then it was impossible to not interact on a very personal level. Yeah, um, I found because like the scale was so much smaller and tighter. So uh, with the fandom, I was just I was just in it with a a growing group of friends from TFW ever since 2000. Uh, And then in in 08, um, in 07, I did a trip to Japan where I had a lot of epiphanies about what I want to do and mess around with with media creation. So in 08. I thought i'm gonna start doing youtube videos and then that summer uh we we'd finally gotten moving on a podcast project on tfw that uh, my friend seth had kind of kick-started in 06 and we'd like there's test tfw podcasts that were done in 07 that uh, i wish existed because i didn't record them i was just on one of them mm-hmm. and they were they were real fun they were real goofy there's a whole thing <laughs> of like one of the site admins was was listening and he was trying to give direction during the podcast, but he didn't have a mic, so he was using one of his earbuds as a mic, because scientifically that works. They're the same tech, <laughs> okay, but it's like a very weak mic. So he'd be screaming into his <laughs> earbud, and it'd be this teeny tiny voice somewhere at the bottom of the Skype call. I'm like, <laughs> And we're like, We're like, We can't hear you. And he's typing like, I can't scream any loud. <laughs> Uh, I'm, I'm picturing like
0: a Looney Tunes cartoon with someone with a bullhorn or something trying to scream. <laughs> I'm sorry, that j- the visual is just
2: hilarious. Like, like the, the way that a mic works and the way headphones work, they because they would both use the same size mini jack. Yeah, and it's technically the same tech, same hardware. Technically, right? Headphones are meant to project, and microphones are meant to. This is the wrong word. Inject. <laughs> <laughs> Absorb. Uh, Absorb, <laughs> <Yeah>. inject. <laughs> Microphones are basically sound injectors.
0: Well, so, yeah, they, it <laughs> looks like a syringe; it's just a very scary one.
2: But, uh, but yeah, so we. Um, my my story with the fandom is just I kind of have always been lingering around, and then in the in the aughts, I was I was hanging with a lot of friends from one message board for the most part, and in the late aughts, I started trying to um, exist uh, in in a media function, and uh, and thankfully, uh, I I did it at the right time. Um, I have a lot of thoughts about about um like making media online and having an audience and that they're like I'm I've never been a very top dog about it but I ha- I always have a lot of thoughts about like the patterns of it and mm-hmm. and one of those relates to how I think I was just there at the right time my my phrase is always the right flash in the right pan at the right time mm, um, makes sense and, and 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 it's very diminishing to think about but I think it's just it's a good thing to kind of take to heart that like no one can plan to have an audience. Mm. Uh, you can plan for what you do when you have an audience. You can plan for how to retain or attract one, but you can't go into YouTube. And there was a period where I felt a lot of folks were on YouTube specifically going in with like, all right, here's my game plan for how to get an audience. And it's like short of mind control. You you really can't. It's all, it's still mm. probabilities, you know? Mm. Uh, but yeah, I, I've just kind of been lingering around since. And I'm, I'm happy that folks are still checking out what I do. That's kind of my fandom story. Also, I just like Transformers. Also, that's the other thing that helps. because I have never, <laughs> might... never had to never had to fake it. You know, yeah, it was just,
0: that might factor into you know hanging in and around Transformers for a while.
2: <laughs> yeah, it, thankfully, I I just I end up enjoying Transformers almost mm. all the time. Like I, I and I, I something that about five or six years ago, I made a concerted effort to do was come up with tangible multi-sentence reasons why I enjoy anything. That's related to Transformers, so that it's not just. I think that's the, a good idea. Yeah, yeah, it's not just the catchphrase of like, "Well, it's Transformers." Uh, I ended up doing there. there are, there's a couple of them on YouTube. I have to put some of the newer ones up still, but I've done a panel a few times um, at, at TF Cons and a couple other shows um, about um, how to enjoy the toy. Is the first one, hmm. but it's kind of panels about like ways to to enjoy your not just toys. That's just the focus, but mm-hmm. ways to enjoy your fandom. In a, in a healthier, what I feel is maybe a healthier way that does not lead to the pattern I've seen many times of burnout, where right. the, burnout, like the burnout is then seen as the franchise is doing something wrong. And then whether or not that's right, usually the burnout was the bigger problem.
0: Right. It just um, happens to be the the symptom that
2: bubbles up or how people lash out about specific things. Yeah, like even mm. if I try to tunnel vision this into the very small chasm of just the Transformers TCG in this kind of scope. Like, there can be a version, for instance, where a, a wave comes out that introduces something to the meta that someone finds incredibly unpleasant to play with, and uh, in their own player group, you know, they can accommodate that one player. But that, you know, obviously means that they're they're probably just going to skip out on large tournaments, because, like, for whatever reason, this style of play is just really vexing them on, like, a primal level. You know, it's like, like as, as a semi-joke, when people really don't like what the Tron lands do in Magic, where you have three lands that you tap each one for one mana, but if you have all three of them, you tap three for seven, uh, that can just irritate some people. And and one like like in that kind of context, you would say that might just be a time to step back uh, for for a couple months to a year. Right. Like stay in touch with friends. I mean, don't cut off friendships, but step mm. away from the thing and and stay in touch with friends to ask them, check in with them every every couple months. A hey, is that thing still going on? You know, and rather than rather than nail yourself to the boat and go like, I'm going to sit here and suffer through it and make sure I tell everyone how much I don't like being here. Yeah, Um,
0: it doesn't it it just reinforces the underlying issue. I found in similar scenarios where whether it's me or other people that I've interacted with, because I've seen the same pattern in myself, other games, other hobbies, where it's you, you get yourself in a rut and it's just you sh- you're trying to find the issue you pin it on thing and it's not realistically that it's just okay it's like anything else you need to take a step back every once in a while
2: yeah it's uh like one of my issues with with the the habit of hate watching stuff cuz it, yes. it can be absolutely fun to hate watch stuff and i i don't want to like dismiss that whole notion cuz i mean i've done it hmm. uh like I, I had a lot of fun when Vine was still a thing and those Machinima Transformers series were coming out and I would just watch them and shoot <laughs> Vine videos about stuff that seemed really dumb. Yeah. Uh, to that point, they're like, I also still have never finished watching Power of the Primes. I would like to because I, I like to watch all of a Transformers thing. I already know that it's not good. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. <laughs> so I know, I, I know now two people who have said they actually enjoyed it. <laughs> I, that's I, I like it. That's another reason why I want to watch it, because, like, I, I get really, I actually get really enticed to watch something where a lot of people say that they dislike it, and then one or two mm. people say they liked it. Uh, to me, that's a sign of something that's interesting. And then uh, try and reconcile exactly how that disparity happened. Yeah, th- that and, like, like the memes I was making up for myself out of that trilogy, like, they clearly still exist in the parts I haven't seen of Power of the Primes, and okay. so I'd, I'd still like to watch them. Like, Overlord is mm. hilarious, I don't know why he's a Texan or or a Southern. Like, <laughs> doesn't make, I, I remember that was I was shooting vines for like half a day. When I didn't even it took me a day to watch that whole episode he debuted in because I was like, wait, what do you just he walks in like <laughs> What's up everybody? You I'm <laughs> I wanna see how y'all are doing now. And I'm like, What what is happened? Who I wanna I wanna be there for the voice direction session where they're like, All right. We got the pages ready, and we're just gonna tell you your character is a Southern gentleman. They're like, "Oh, cool! What's that based on?" So anyway, we're gonna start the line reading. Yeah, he was (laughs) so famous too. I think
1: they did his voice too. I don't remember who it was.
2: Yeah, also the famous actors that were popping in there. Where I was, yeah, there were there were some big names in that, like Jason David Frank playing (laughs) emissary as basically playing Tommy. (laughs) (laughs) So funny. Oh Uh, man, but yeah, like like. uh, um, also, I'll just say with the, with the TCG, I, I also can't really imagine a scenario where it gets like that bad. Like mm-hmm. I, I I think that that was the the um, the panic scenario hypothetical of the first couple times an infinite loop was was popping up. Mm. Of like Is that, all I'm going to play at my local store, and then you know what we were talking about before. Like when it's your local store, you can also just sit your friends down and put your hands on their shoulders and go like, my man.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you you need. You need a to man. take. You need to take a step back. <laughs> a man. Uh, we all think you're very smart.
2: <laughs> yeah, you just have the talk. This is a safe place, and you. We're, it's we're that, not. It's that commander combo deck conversation you have to have with a friend every now and then.
0: Exactly. The so, okay, you spurred a question from me for this. So we, as we were. Uh, You know shooting down scott's love of the uh, machinima series (laughs) not completely but
2: (laughs) valid love i wanted to say it real nice (laughs) and loud it's a valid love and also there are good voice actors in that series eh? is legitimate um like like there's there's there that's actually one of my biggest frustrations is those voice actors performances have been lost in that conversation yeah and it's not their fault and I, I am really happy that a couple of them are still popping up in, in mm-hmm. future things. Like, anyway. yeah. <laughs> so
0: how are you excited? How are you excited? I guess that doesn't make any sense. What level of excitement do you have for the upcoming series that at this point in time is
2: 29 days and counting, I guess? This is the, this is the Netflix War for Cybertron series.
0: Correct. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh, yeah I, I mean, I'm happy Jason marnoka's is there for Megatron. That's already. I mean, it sounds like they're not letting him be sassy. Okay. But you know, totally, that more so worked for Machinima because sometimes it's silly. Yeah, uh, but he's he's a good Megatron. Um, the it, it looks interesting. Uh, I, what I'm going to say is, I'm, I'm with Transformers. I am I no longer see a trailer like like Cyberverse taught me this. I am no longer going to see a trailer for a Transformers series and go like oh, I don't know because like every time I've done that, half the time Transformers series is like oh quietly this is also really good like Transformers that's Cyberverse
0: fair. that's fair. Uh,
2: Ten minute runtimes. That series is excellent if you just want to watch a new G one show. Um I don't know if either of you guys have seen Cyberverse. But I haven't I, I yet. The, no, only I, the first I think I saw the first like five episodes. I like how there are no humans in
1: it. That was my favorite part. Yeah,
2: you'll never see a human yeah. in Cyberverse. <laughs> right, uh, Cyber, basically, for years, people are like, "I want G one, but with better graphics and more fan nods and no humans." That is literally Cyberverse. Uh, the, <laughs> All right, you've fact, sold me now. <laughs> <laughs> you sold me season on one, it. season one's first five episodes are, are in fact probably the weakest part of the entire series. Yeah, uh, it takes okay. a bit for that show to hit its stride, but like season one, you'll hit an episode that where Blur appears. And that's gonna yeah. Be the, the all line right, then then you sold my
0: wife because she's <laughs> she's all about blur and bulkhead. But
2: oh, sure. Sh- okay. Well, hmm. should okay, I well, should I pre-screen the... these? Is where you're going with you it? You should pre you should pre-screen the blur episode. Okay. Okay. Sure. <laughs> um, we might skip that one then. <laughs> season one has this underlying thing of like laying out the idea that while there are two factions at war, there was a time where they were not two factions, and they kind of yeah. show you a lot of that. Interesting. Uh, okay. That's cool. And in in a very, uh, how do you put this? The tone of it is also often very somber. All things considered, it's not not like it's good that they're at war now. It's like it really sucks that they're at war now. Uh, But in season one ends, and it could have been done. Season two opens with with uh, a thing, (laughs) okay. And boy howdy, season two just gets going, and then season three is basically like two entire seasons. Uh, hmm. th- this, this series has 10 minute episodes this writing team for Cyberverse they mastered the 10 minute episode runtime, by the end of season 1 it was like a 20 minute episode but with 10 minutes edited out, not 20 minutes crammed into 10 minutes they are so lean, there is no filler uh, highly okay. serialized but it also means that watching the entirety of Cyberverse takes you about as long as watching almost an entire TV series yeah. Interesting. Uh, Alright. It's, it's, like, it's like, if each episode is, is about 10 minutes, it's like a three-hour commitment, basically. That's, that's also why when it comes to hate-watching, I tell a lot of people, like, listen, if you angrily watch the Machinima series, and you're telling me <laughs> you don't have time to watch Cyberverse, I'm gonna smack you with a ladder. Because, like, <laughs> Cyberverse is also pretty good. Yeah. Uh, Cy- Cyberverse has a lot of stuff going on that's it's surprising. I, 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 don't I saw people
0: giving it flack lately, but that was also in the context of a, a number of other things. But I do... While I haven't watched it, I was keeping up with the general ideas and themes of it, I guess, in that there's a lot of characters showing up that I'm like, wait, what? They actually made it into something, and I'm kind of anxious to dive into it now based on what you were just
2: describing. Cyberverse has a, a an entire episode focused on Rack and Ruin, who is a mm. bit-player character from the UK Transformers G1 comics. Yeah,
0: So it, it does it go... Let me ask you this. Does it go to the IDW levels, I guess, of scraping these characters that people probably never heard of and then making them a prominent role?
2: Oh, hell yeah. Uh, nice. they, they they had, a, so they had a, a toy line come out for Season 2 that had armor up figures. It was like a nice-looking little figure who would then have a partner vehicle that could armor onto them. And then Wave 1 had Skybite and Jetfire. And I was like, well, I like Skybite, and that's cool he's getting a new toy. And Jetfire's always, I'll pick up these two. They debut in the same episode as literal, like, rivals. And huh. in a very, like, like J- Jetfire is a Boy Scout Superman character who is bitter rivals with Skybite, who is a snidely whiplash character. <laughs> okay. hmm. The two of them show up carrying on their their inter- their one-man-sided personal war that they've been doing since the Civil War began. And when they show up, the best part is they show up and then Optimus is like, Jetfire! It's you, you're here, come join us. And Jetfire's like, I've gotta go deal with Skybite. And then when Skybite shows up, Megatron, who is pretty scary in the show, is like, Skybite, my old friend, come on in. Let's have a sit down, have a good time. Join us for a why don't you join us? And Skybite's like, Can't join you. I've got to go deal with that lousy jetfire And then Megatron's like, <laughs> I understand. <laughs> like, <laughs> he's just that's, that's great. Yeah.
0: Oh, my God. Yeah, you're really selling me on this show. It was one of those. Scott and I usually joke pre-show or post-show about, you know, you know, did, did you watch this thing or have you read this particular media or whatever it happens to be? And he, he's recently been giving me a hard time about the Machinima series. But I think Cyberverse will be one that I'm
2: going to dive into. Like Cyberverse's mission statement in season 1 is like Bumblebee can't talk and it's like oh. I oh, like, I've, I've heard
0: that one before.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing. It open so the, they open with that and that made me go uh. Oh. Yeah. And then he can't talk because he's got amnesia and Windblade has to help him. I'm like, "Well, that's okay." But then with like in the first episode, Bumblebee talks through the whole series when they're inside his brain Yeah, he can inside talk. his brain or something like that. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he's talking for the whole series and also and, and also Maybe on a slightly less great note, instead of playing like full-on radio clips for his radio voice, it's just the Bumblebee voice actor doing radio voice clips in various yeah. different characters. So it's uh. like <laughs> he's talking for most of the series, and by the end of season one, like small spoiler, by the end of season one, they solve his brain. That's good. So season two onwards, he's just Bumblebee, and then in in season two, all I'll say there is a tree of a, there's a, a a number of characters in season two. There is a trio that forms as sort of regular characters for the audience to connect with. It is a trio of Bumblebee, Hot Rod, and Cheetor. That so seems wildly appropriate. <laughs> the three kid characters yes. form a kid appeal trio. And it's kinda awesome. Like they're they're all different as well. But when they when they have them all playing off each other, the writers wrote them in such a way that you can almost detect notes of like Oh, I always just kind of—I always put them in the same bucket, but like I kind of see how they're all a little bit different. Right, uh, that's cool. I like. Also, that. in season three, basically the Matrix happens. That's all I'll say.
0: Hmm. Interesting.
2: All right. Well, there, I, I, there,
1: I, I, I think I stopped with uh, the last one. I remember was the first McAdams episode of the first season. So I guess I have to go back and finish that, and then just finish it. So that's yeah.
2: The McAdams also appears. There's oh boy. The, yeah. yeah. yeah goes places oh boy <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, yeah uh the other question i have real quick is
2: yeah i was about to I, say that
1: <laughs> it, it's, an, it's an odd way of asking you because i don't really know that there isn't the answer isn't just automatically 100 percent. but um i guess based on like the time that i know i spend mostly on the tcg like like what percentage of your time would you say is based on transform is, is it literally 100 is it your whole life like i just don't know your background enough to know, know.
2: I don't even watch them. What's a transformer? Oh, <laughs> uh, it's kind of it depends. I'm 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 very flighty. So like,
1: mm-hmm.
2: I'd say I'd say on a on a baseline median, it's probably sixty to seventy percent.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, although sometimes it's more so like how something re- or I was gonna say how something relates to transformers. It's more like how something relates to what I enjoy about transformers, and often that's something I enjoy in something else. Like uh, with toys, for instance, I'm very tactile oriented. So what I enjoy about toys is what they do on a tactile level. It's it's why with high-end toys, I really like, like, if you get into the $400 action figure world, mm-hmm. I really like the ones done by groups like Chemical Attack, where that money is going into uh, interlink articulation, where, say, you bend the knee of this figure, you bend their knee joint, there's actually, like, 30 pieces moving in tandem when you do that. Uh, like, that stuff, is, to me, is incredibly cool. Um, and that's why, for instance, like I don't really think very highly of... or Myself, I should say, I don't really... I don't get much out of Hot Toys. Because um, Hot Toys figures are often, to me, with exceptions, they're built to be messed around with. You can pose them for about a week, do wow. your photo shoot, then you put them in their forever pose, and put them in your Detolf, and never touch them again. Because the costume that is a rubber skin over the entire body, in fact, can't deal with it being eternally bent at the elbow joint. It'll start to split after a while. And I don't, I don't like getting locked out of handling collectibles... To a degree, and then there's ways mm. to mitigate it. But like, it's just I found that that's my taste. After a while, it's so I got to enjoy messing with a thing uh, more so than how it looks. Just like sitting around. Um, mm. So with Transformers, like obviously that's one of my biggest criteria. Is like if it's a, if it's a transforming Transformers figure, how much do I enjoy transforming it? That that enters hugely into how much I would actually want to continue owning it. Um, and then with non-transforming Transformers figures, it's how fun is it to mess with the articulation on this robot action figure? Um, it, on on stuff like Kuro Karakuri, uh that stuff's done by Chemical Attack Team, so I love those figures. Um, that that recent one, the, the two thousand one hundred dollar Bumblebee movie Optimus Prime, um, that's like a limited run of two thousand pieces, is absolutely up my alley. I understand why it's two thousand bucks. Uh, when yeah. they said that it's a li- like what the limited run was, because mm-hmm. I I've, I've seen how the engineering on it works. I can never own it. I can't afford that. But like that kind of thing is is precisely what draws me to toys. Is like creating musculature and then producing it and selling it to me, basically. Um, that's kind of, yeah, it, it, it occupies a lot of time. When, when a new TCG wave comes out, like, if I'm, if if I am about to go and play, for instance, or if I've got new cards, or if i got a new deck idea, oh, that becomes 100%. That becomes a whole evening is gone, that I'm sitting there building a deck, then I goldfish the deck to see what my draws look like for one cycle, and if I'm not happy with it, I go and start tweaking stuff, I go back and start goldfishing again. Uh, it, it, I think that's the right term, right? Like you just gonna sit there. Yeah, and like, yes.
0: Yeah. yeah, Scott, did actually, you write that article?
1: No, it just means that you're playing against uh, goldfish is where that came from. Like you uh, yeah, but did you write like, that yeah. Duelist article? No, I didn't write that Duelist article. <laughs> <I'm> just <laughs> I just busting a job. I used to have that. Duelist I, article I used to, yeah, I moved I, that in my old home.
0: That's where I was, yeah. I used to have all those issues of Duelist, and I think it <laughs> a move they got thrown away, which I don't know oh, if those well, are collectors. I mean, I go back. I go
1: back to where I go back to where Duelist was a black and white. Piece of paper that was printed out yes. of
0: a
2: complete printer.
0: Believe me,
1: I know. So I mean, you know,
2: yeah, I, um, have, I have like two issues of the Duelist from when I was a kid who was playing like Magic Revised.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I just don't remember anything about them. Yeah, <laughs> unfortunately,
1: financially, I don't have any of that stuff anymore. Especially after I moved, I don't have any of my Transformers anymore after I moved out of my house either, which is unfortunate. Mm. Um,
2: the upside is Transformers keep getting reissued, so like, you, yeah, <laughs> you, yeah, you do I'm have a, that option.
0: <laughs> I'm not a toy
2: guy. I have too many cards, so um, yeah, I, I, don't, I mean. I appreciate it. Though. I, I collected Magic for about a year, and mm-hmm. I'm still suffering. Like I still yeah. don't know what to do all of it. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I'm a weirdo, so I put all of them into perfect fits too. Mm-hmm. Oh boy! Yeah. Oh. They all, like they all slip and slide everywhere. It's great. It's oh. Mm-hmm. Uh, that but no, sounds like, like, a, like a nightmare. <laughs> gold, gold fishing is what made TCG take up even more of my time when I'm not playing because it meant mm-hmm. I could start like like testing the engine, if you will, and mm-hmm. and. Oh man, I can like. I think that might be why solo board gaming also connects with me a lot. Like, like puzzling out something with tactile objects on my own is something I find really fun. When right. there's a system around it, like I, I can't connect with slide puzzles. I can't I, puzzles in general. Um, if it's not a Hanayama metal puzzle, I usually just don't feel anything. Like I don't really feel engaged, or I don't even know how to solve them half gotcha. the time. Uh, but like game, like card games, board games. If there is a solo puzzle to figure out, I really enjoy it. And, and gold fishing a deck. Uh, like, like when I first built my Omnibots deck, I honestly just had fun doing turn ones over and over again. Mm, right. <laughs> right. These guys now. Well, oh, cause you like, get the thing right away. Like yeah, the thing the deck does, it happens on turn one. So like I, I get those happy brain chemicals immediately. Like when I was exactly. running like two of them with Wheeljack, and I just uh. watched this engine run itself for a bit. Sometimes it would flop, but like uh. when it would run, I'm like, I'm just having fun watching this thing go. And I go play it sometimes and, and pure luck. Like, when I played against a friend of mine who was trying something very conceptual, the engine ran beautifully, and he's like, you just... What is that deck that just obliterated me? <laughs> and then I was like, yeah, I'm gonna try this against that dude's like, harder deck, and then, like, the engine flops and then the dude just steamrolls me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> See, so you would... You would probably enjoy goldfishing Daring Escape then, just don't play it
2: against other people. <laughs> I adored uh, Blaine's version of Daring Escape with all the... I think I talked yeah. about this on the podcast. I yeah. adored all the paper counters. Because it meant that when I watched it happen, I knew it was happening, right? And I like I made I I don't even run that deck, but I run Springer sometimes, and I made paper counters because I'm like I actually really enjoy adding flipping these paper counters to this experience because I feel like I'm doing more, and I'm also not having to like look at my opponent while they look at the card and explain things to them as they're happening. Yeah,
0: uh, it, it definitely does help clarify because I had points in running the deck where it's if if. You're in the zone, you're doing your thing, and then your opponent stops you because it's like, wait, why did that happen? It's like, okay, well, here's all the reasons why. Where was I? Oh, no, what was the stack? Yeah, and then I need to take a minute. I mean, it doesn't actually take that
2: long, but it is disruptive, obviously. So I've actually ended up helping people who were trying to run Springer, and then like I'd be playing, and someone would like, tap me on the shoulder, and they'd be like, I lost track of my Springer. Can I borrow so like, this? Okay. <laughs> Can I borrow the? <laughs> yeah. I'd also be like, okay, let me see your board state. All right, walk. what do you know you've done? Okay, then reasonably the stack is probably this. Are you both cool with that? <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> so uh, uh, to sh- shift gears back to one of the questions Scott had, because um, I'm looking at the list he had sent me before the show. Let me phrase it this way. So we talked a lot about your history, how you got attached to Transformers, obviously, very early was there an epiphany moment and I think you brought it up a little bit where you said now I'm this is the next stage of my fandom by producing content or was there a push that said you know what I it sounded earlier that it was will you like doing that stuff anyway is that
2: where it was or how did that come about. Yeah, there's probably stages to this. When it comes to just being a Transformers fan, I think the big moment was when I bought that Transformer in a comic shop while on that Disneyland high school trip, Mm -hmm. where I was like, no, this is what I'm into. Mm -hmm. Uh, When it comes to making media, in 07, uh, I spent like 90 days in Japan with a friend of mine who was living there, um kind of just seeing where my brain's at I was coming off of working for for government um on a co-op that turned into a a, a semi full-time thing for a couple years full-time part-time uh and and i felt like i couldn't see color anymore like i just felt like i felt like two years had passed by and i didn't notice and that really freaked me out Mm -hmm. um especially like that was like at age 20 21 that really freaked me out yeah so uh when i in 07 i was i was just poking it. I was poking around at some of the free software on a MacBook, like GarageBand and, and stuff like that. And uh, I, I was at the time doing internet radio DJing for a radio station based out of the role player server I was on for City of Heroes. That was my big thing in the middle aughts. Hmm. Um, that was actually the the first time and still the only time I've been heavy into role playing. I, I tried it elsewhere and it just didn't didn't been feel sick. the same. Yeah, City of Heroes was a great palette because it was like, his comic books, but the world they created was one with portals and dimensions. So literally in canon, it's like, well, I want to play an elf. Okay, cool. You popped up out of a portal. All right. I'm an elf. <laughs> that makes it real easy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so I was talking to a friend of mine from that radio station, um, goes by Necrophidian right now, uh, who I, I, I always refer to as my sensei because they, they are the one who, who basically encouraged me to keep messing around in GarageBand to try making music in there. Hmm. Uh, and and off of that in 08 i felt empowered to we we had a we had a camcorder at home and i was like I'm, and I, and and that's when uh animated was not out yet but you could get animated toys off ebay from uh, from factory off off samples basically yeah. i was them stolen yeah. chinese toys cuz they were <laughs> stolen out of a dumpster bin and at the time they were made in china and that was that was about it but uh i thought i i was watching people who were just starting to do youtube stuff in transformers toy reviews my my return trip to Japan for a week in March, I had watched uh, a bunch of Piaw, because I was talking to him, because he and I were both just impatiently going after animated toys, because uh, we wanted them right now, because um, the, the show had, the debut of that show was in late 07, and the toys still weren't out in early 08. Uh, and then, uh, and I, so I thought, you know, I think I could do toy videos, because people say I'm funny at BotCon, and that <laughs> was kind of about it. I've uh, i, I I'd, I'd been doing YouTube videos with a friend of mine, this this old kind of dumb series, and I like the idea of it. Um, so in 08, I started doing that, and the podcast separately became a thing I started doing in 08. And in 09, I went to a botcon and met people I didn't know who had seen stuff I did. And the way that they explained why they enjoyed it made me feel like I really want to continue doing it. Cool. In And then in 2011, I basically decided when the opportunity arose, things kind of came together in a certain way. I thought, you know, okay, I really like making videos. I like hosting. So I'm going to go to film school and get accreditation in the field because I think mm. I enjoy doing it. And this is this is coming off of nearly 10 years after graduating high school, still not knowing what I want to do. Right. Uh, I spent I spent at least half a decade telling myself, no, I want to be a computer scientist because I like computers. And in school, they told me I have to get a degree, and like that was it. Uh, and and so. I pursued that in 2011, and I'm still kind of I'm not I'm not like wildly successful, but I, I feel like I know what I like to do now, and and it was that kind of series of events that led me to lock in on enjoying like making media and also making media in tandem with my hobby uh, right. in order to give people something that can hopefully help them enjoy their hobby more even more than they already are. Gotcha. Um, do you ever
1: feel like you have those moments where they say
2: like you know like you can't make your
1: your hobbies and your job type of thing. Like, do you ever, do you have a lot of moments like that? You
2: oh yeah, I I know that that was a problem for me uh, in the 2010s where I was I was okay. constantly I was constantly buying stuff, thinking like, oh, I can make videos out of this.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: or or I was I was even worse, daunting myself, going, oh, I, I got to make all these videos. Oh no, but they have yeah. to be perfect. That's mm-hmm. why if you ever look at my YouTube channel, there are swathes of Transformers years where I kind of seem to barely touch on them. And it's like now, I got all the figures, but I was I was <laughs> in myself. Even with my TCG videos, I, I was starting to shoot like I just didn't notice three months go by, and then I'm like, I should have edited that EI uh, deck tech. I should have edited that uh, that enter- it's, EI- it's an EI deck tech, an Energon edition unboxing, and two gameplay videos. Uh, and I, I, I should still cut them together and just put them up. But uh, I, I, my problem is I, I, I get in my own head really easily, and mm-hmm. I and I do often think like, oh no, like like am I able to do this thing, or am I doing something just because I think I can make videos out of it more so that Mm -hmm. I actually enjoy it? The the one little thing is when it comes to crossing hobbies and work, I don't feel bad about taking something I enjoy and making videos about it, but I also have an attitude where, on my YouTube channel at least, uh, to me, that no matter what the channel happens to look like, that channel is just one I'm interested in. Mm-hmm. So I I, I I like to make videos out of my hobbies. I I also don't feel I I am obligated to make series out of my hobbies. If that makes any sense, mm-hmm. I probably yeah. yeah. Um, so I, I feel okay to just inter- intermittently put up like oh here's me playing a video game. Here's me you know open up a board game. Here's here's opening some boosters. Yeah. Opening boosters became slightly I'm gonna say slightly work in that I feel that's what I am providing in return. For instance, for the for the Watsi box.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Mm. Is the Watsy box? I very specifically don't open unless I'm doing a stream of it. Um, gotcha. So I, yeah, feel, I feel I mm-hmm. feel that that is the exchange of coverage uh, for that specific thing. Um, given that I don't do a lot of deck tech stuff otherwise, or that I'm because I'm often when it comes to TCG, I'm talking to a couple friends online, but I, I don't I don't do a lot in person here. Or I, I was I wasn't until I was planning to start doing more with Hoopla, but then um, you know we had we had the pandemic hit, and yes. we are both. So we are both happened. very conscious people, yeah. <laughs> like, me and Hoopla's whole thing is like, boy, goals for the year, meet in person.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that uh, may be lofty with the, well, at least around here, the way things are going. <laughs>
2: it's, our, it's, our, it's our dark little joke. Yes. That we <laughs> like but, um, yeah, like, I think it is a danger. Like, to me, it's more so, it's less about your hobby becoming work and more your media becoming work. Uh, mm-hmm. I, when it comes to specifically, I'll, I'll say with podcasts is the big one. It's so easy. It's happened to me and I've seen it happen to multiple other people. It's so easy with an audio podcast to have a burner year of just like, you are editing the hell out of that podcast. You are cutting out the ums, you are tweaking everything. You're making it smooth. You're taking a 90 minute podcast, somehow making it 60 minutes without losing a single point made. After a year of that, your brain will implode and you will hate your podcast for no explicable reason and you'll think it's you and that you're doing something wrong. And so when mm-hmm. it comes to, um, I mean, even one of these, right? Like when it comes to, to lengthy hour plus long spoken word, I always caution, like, take some notes if you do know there's bits you want to edit or if you know there's a thing you might want to tweak for sure, but do not comb through the entire thing, especially <laughs> if you're one of the hosts uh, because it's so enticing because you have it all right there, and you were there for the recording. You know where all the weird things are, but it will it will overload you, and unfortunately, audio podcasts get the least amount of positive editing feedback of any media you can make. People will listen to them. Often, they are very disposable to a listener, because they're just a thing you listen to in transit, or a thing you turn on in the background, because they're audio. Yep. Mm-hmm. And the more editing work you put into it, the more you you risk resenting not getting congratulated for that editing work um obviously this is different if you're getting paid to do it but like most people doing podcasts aren't getting paid to do podcasts yeah um so even with videos this can be a thing too like if you get hung up on like all my videos have to be perfect or they have to match up to my standard and it's like you should have a standard but if you just especially if you're starting out making videos which is where most of the questions come from you should just make videos because you have to make videos to get good at making videos. Exactly. And it is in as much as it sucks in the present to think of it this way. And boy, do I think of it in the present all the time? I can't, I can't take my own advice. That's just a problem of mine. Uh, <laughs> I I'm really good at giving advice and not following it, but it's really in, in the long run, anything you make now will probably not be as good as something you make several years. from now. Of course. And it's not a negative thing. Um, even with tcg coverage like i feel like like transformers tcg coverage uh is really just kind of it's building itself right now like it, like i'm i'm actually still quietly amazed in a very positive way like how many uh voices in a recorded format have appeared for just this one tcg for a non magic tcg of yeah, all mm-hmm. things uh there are so many voices and so many minds obviously you guys being a big part of it who are Putting a lot of work into uh, fleshing out what the game is beyond booster pack openings, um, and <laughs> <Yes>. and <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with bo- like booster pack openings is like it's it's unboxing it's it's vicarious satisfaction It's like an entire it's an entire genre this there's, there's I'm sure there is a science to how that interacts with brain chemicals of like watching someone else open stuff, uh, mm-hmm. but that would be an interesting. Study,
0: I guess it would be the best way to put it, because it is a phenomenon at least for me that I don't get anything out of it,
2: but I know that it is a thing yeah and, and and I think there's even like there's even subgenres inside that subgenre of like people who prefer to hear someone talk about what they're opening while they're opening it i think that, i I would almost say for certain, there are folks who prefer silent unboxings and booster openings, they just want to focus yeah. on the noise and what's mm-hmm. being pulled out of the packaging. Uh, like you said my the happy r- brain chemicals
0: I guess of hearing the, the crinkling of the wrapper or something
2: yeah that, that, that's why I kind of just I, I, I set out a little like a, a personal mission statement for me of like okay when I do booster pack openings here's how I'm going to do it which is I'm going to talk about literally every card until I've talked about every card and then, then I'll I will not talk about dupes if they come up but I'm going to try to say something about every card uh, just so I'm filling the time and yep. and creating a, a conversation out of it Uh but, uh, yeah, burnout, burnout is huge and, and absolutely, it is also more fun to have a hobby that is not related to stuff you do as work. But I, I think the bigger risk is, is turning that hobby work into unpleasant work, right. uh, or I guess, I guess just work as opposed to, I, I like using the phrase creating media because it, it it makes it feel like you're, you're birthing something of a passion, uh, into mm-hmm. something people can interact with, mm-hmm. um, it's, it's why I, I I I don't care that other people say it. I I always kind of shy away from the word content um, when I'm speaking about stuff, just because it, it to me it, it's it feels like a word that was created by people who don't create stuff to to classify what people create, and then it it became a Kleenex word that we all say. Like I still say it without even as someone who's like. Real, you know, like pushing my nose up. I don't like to say content. I still say it half the time because <laughs> it's it's right there in my lizard brain. Right? Yeah, exactly. Vocabulary, but uh, I, I always I always feel like it, it on a subconscious level convinces people that they're making potato chips, basically. Like you know, you're <laughs> <laughs> you're making something that's going to be listened to and disposed of, and uh, I don't know. Like like to me, that's a security blanket with editing podcasts, knowing that usually a podcast is something that's that's not going to come under heavy technical scrutiny mm-hmm. um, as long as it's listenable but for people who want to make media about what they love like if someone's listening to this and they want to make a tcg channel or just a transformers channel like i would tell you figure out what you want to do and then just make a couple of them yeah and don't worry about if they're good or not because you need to make those look at them and then figure out what you like about them or dislike about them to even know where to proceed. And don't even worry about what other people are saying. Like, like, listen if they're giving you f- nice feedback, but if you're starting out, you got to even figure out what you like about yourself first. Of course. Uh, and, and, you know, people are always worried am I going to be ripping off? Like, am I just going to be doing tech talk? Am I just going to be doing, like, Stefan's mm-hmm. uh, version of, of how he, he gives a deck tech or, or, or right. Jamie's Primus version? Or am I just going to be doing a rec and roll playthrough with my friends? And it's like, that's fine because what you like will inform what you make. Of course. So for the first little while, you probably will resemble another person's uh, media, but as you go on, who you are will begin to bubble to the surface and subsume whatever other people's influences were in there. So you just got to go, start off and go in with it. And, and if people say, hey, I think you're just ripping this dude off, you just say, well, I'm a big fan of theirs. So that's an influence. Exactly. Mm-hmm that seems
0: like the most natural stopping point in such a large conversation and fantastic conversation that we had with Chris Vangelis. So please stay tuned for the last portion where we jump into a number of other topics and have a lot more fun. As always, everyone, thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. And Black Lives Matter.